0: when we were talking about the things that we've just been talking about, what it makes me feel is very adrenalized. And mm. I think that there was something about those times and something about my personality and something about the job of journalism that meant you were constantly adrenalized all the time, deadlines mm. and mm. going out and stuff like that. And I can definitely survive like that. I quite like it. But mm. what you find in middle age is that doesn't really work. You need to have a kind of um, maintaining energy Or you're just, Mm -hmm. I mean, you'd probably Mm -hmm. die.
1: (laughs) Welcome to Women Are Mad, where we invite women to bring their anger into everyday conversation. We're all feeling it. Let's get together to work out what to do with it. I'm Jennifer Cox.
2: I'm Salima Saxton. And I'm Jane Green. What's made you mad this week, women? I've got one specific, like overarching big topic about the Supreme Court ruling on Thursday, which I'm sure, Jane, you're aware of. So basically, um, colleges in the States can no longer specifically take race into account as a basis for admission, um, which obviously puts limits on um, affirmative action programmes now. So, yeah, I was just shocked to hear it.
3: Uh, And the day before,
2: the Supreme Court ruled um, in
3: favour of religious discrimination. So basically, if you decide that you don't want to serve somebody because they're gay or you don't like the way they look or your religious beliefs are are not the same as theirs, you can deny them service. And that was a ruling by the Supreme Court. And so here we go, clip-clopping, galloping perhaps back into the Dark Ages. Oh my god, yeah, this terrifying.
1: is so sinister and terrifying. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, can I talk about what's made me angry today? Because one of Please. them I'm really embarrassed by. Well, one of them is is on a on a bigger level, I'm I'm just quite angry about publishing actually. And I'm quite angry about how many authors Myself included, feel so demoralized. And, you know, for years, our job was to write the best book we could write and then go out and support it. And now our jobs have become writing the best book we can write, going out and supporting it, doing all our own publicity, all our own marketing, finding influences, you know, buying swag to try and tempt influences into it. And it's just exhausting and exhausting. demoralizing. And, uh, And I just sort of, I I am writing again, which I'm loving. Um, I'm writing a new book, but I do just, I I don't see how publishing can possibly sustain itself and continue. Anyway, so so that is my big angry this week. And then my little angry was just, I woke up this morning on the wrong side of the bed and I was looking for a fight. And um, I almost Did you get one? My, well, I did, but Good. not with my husband. <laughs> with, with the very, very grumpy woman in the pharmacy who just did nothing to me other than be spectacularly grumpy. And I went for her and it was really, I was just like, you know, a smile really doesn't hurt anyone. It just, uh. and and I shouldn't have done it. And I'm embarrassed. Well, but how did she respond? Just, oh, badly, very badly. I mean, it escalated. Had she but she walked off, and I think that was the mature thing to do because I was gunning for, I was gunning for someone, anyone. Mm-hmm. Um and the truth is, I recognize that, hey, maybe she was having a really bad day. This isn't about me. I just, I have a real thing about service. I, I just know. Think if you're working <laughs> and we've all worked in service. Yes, I mean, so. we've all worked yes. as bartenders and waiters and waitresses. And I just think you leave your shit at the door because part of the job is to, you don't have to be everyone's best friend, but just be be friendly. You don't have to be just completely rude and sour. Can, um, can I just anyways, echo that, that I nice. had a
2: middle class meltdown in the chocolatier on Friday? The short version is it, it wasn't the experience I was expecting. And I was also gunning for a fight. <laughs> Did you yeah, feel better afterwards? Gunning. No, but I kind of made vows that I would never go back in. I would never support it and whatever. My husband was just saying, you know, we're going to get your decent hot chocolate from anymore. That's so, I am. You just shot yourself in the foot. Yeah. Oh pointless. God, <laughs> it's all pointless. Well,
3: and yeah. I have to say, I still acknowledge that it was my fault. This poor woman was doing nothing to me. And um, I just got quite imperious, which is what I get when I'm angry. And it's something I'm quite ashamed of but we love it when it happens when we're, when we're with you. you 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 have been witness to it I believe Maybe. Yes. <laughs>
1: I think it sounds very classy um, um oh. my one I'll just I'll just throw it in really quickly it's um being left on red. you know this expression the kids have they left me on red, and I, Wait, I what, know, red. what does
2: that mean well, what does that mean you're on read you mean
1: yeah well I think you know how it's like going down garage or going garage or going oh first, sorry that's a I slang. think yeah sorry. and I think it's yeah. like I don't know it's it's mm. one or the other but mm. I when I first heard it it was on red I I imagined on red like at the traffic lights you know someone's left you and you're waiting and you're parked there and that's how I kind of came to understand it and actually I think it works quite well like that because that's how you feel when you've sent a message to somebody through whatever means and they Mm. and you are waiting for a response and waiting for a response and you're left thinking oh what does this silence mean and you read so much into it and it's exhausting and I don't think humans cope well with not knowing and anyway that's been my bugbear of the week.
3: Who's our guest? Our guest today um, is a journalist, broadcaster, and author of two best selling books, Park and Ride, which was an exploration of the British suburbs, and Out of Time about the midlife crisis. From writing for Smash Hits in the 80s, The Face, and Mix Mag in the 90s, to becoming the Observer's radio critic today, as well as a frequent features contributor in The Guardian, Miranda Sawyer has also found the time to to become a regular on UK screens and shows like The Culture Show and Newsnight Review.
2: Miranda Sawyer, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Let me just fill you in on the fact my long history with Miranda that she doesn't know about. Every every boyfriend of Brace mine yourself. always had a massive crush on Miranda Sawyer because I followed because I was I was reading you when I was in my little town of Saffron Walden in Essex and on in Smash Hits and then The Face and so but my, but every single boyfriend of mine always had a real crush on you. That's that's how you entered my life without you knowing. Yeah, that's quite
0: weird. Sorry, I just nearly knocked my curry over there.
2: Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> in shock. <laughs> shot, what? But you're so crushable That's it. Yeah, that's my odd. <laughs> oh,
0: what well, I always think with those things with crushes, though, it's just li- simply because I've never met you, isn't it? It's, Do you well, know, it's, it's like projection better, it's to like, the max. But, yeah, but it yeah. was your,
2: but it was your persona of the nineties. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I'm sure you've heard before in the nineties and how we all viewed you. I'm probably five, ten years younger
0: than you. Yeah, that's that, yeah. that's also something, it is something to do with age, isn't it? If somebody's like mm. about, when you're in your 20s, if somebody's kind of five mm. or six years older than you, they just... Seem like an older sibling. Eight. I remember like hitting 27. I'm, oh my God, like I thought, oh my God, I'm so old at 27, you know, I should really know what's what. And then, you know, somebody will talk to you and they would go, yeah, but you're like 27. And you think, yeah, I am, I know everything. Everything. Whereas now, like I've talked to somebody quite recently and they were in the 30s and they said something about... Somebody else in their 30s. And I said, oh, well, you're the same age. And they went, no, <laughs> not. I'm 32. They're 38. Well, uh, so oh. well, this... <laughs> yeah. Whereas like my age, same, I'm just like, you're you all know, in yeah. your 30s. You're, like, you're isn't, all the... yeah. isn't it
3: like sixth form? <laughs> I mean, I remember at school, like sixth formers, they were so glamorous and untouchable. Mm. Even when they were just a year older, there was just something about. So sophisticated. Oh, oh,
1: so sexy. Cool. Yeah.
3: Right, yeah. everyone. I mean, is. it's just not true, is it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nobody is really, unless we somebody, realize somebody that you now. Are, but most people aren't.
2: Yeah. But also, the people that think they're really cool are kind of generally idiots. <laughs> but it's a bit sad when you realize yeah. it yeah. and all the shininess shiny goes. <laughs> Miranda Sawyer, what <laughs> makes you angry?
0: Well, quite a lot of things. I mean, I'll start with the little things that kind of slightly drive me mad, Please. which have always driven me mad. Um, oh, you can. That actually drives me mad. You know what? What is, is it? That is a motorway. A motorbike driving really fast up Brixton Hill. It drives me mental because those motorbikes that are deliberately noisy. That's, oh, the kind yeah, of so that's one mouth. thing that drives me mad. Mm. Um, yeah, it's mm. like yeah. I mean, you know, great a motorbike. So what? But um, uh, the other things that make me. Um, there's a particular way of walking where you kind of drag your feet <laughs> so you can just hear the foot kind of dragging. Or I hate it when people um, don't speak to other people that are doing things for them nicely and they don't look at them. Uh, we were just like, saying I about this. Quite right. Who- yeah oh god that is just appalling if somebody's like literally making you a sandwich or passing you a coffee or 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 guiding you to your seat and you don't say thank you and you don't look at them I just think you absolutely deserve some kind of physical injury Mm -hmm. um uh then I mean obviously there's big important things that I'm very angry about (laughs) (laughs) I tend to get a bit angry with people that this sounds awful say it but um and I've tried to work on it actually because I think it's a bit of a failing. people are really slow to get to the point, it drives me nuts. And, like, I've really tried to work on it because I just think, okay, it's just a different way of telling a story. It's mm-hmm. just a different... A dry, I mean, you know. Is there, is there anyone in your family
3: yeah, who is, who's who's slow to tell a story by chance? Is there anyone in your family? No, not really, actually. They're, I just think I'm a bit impatient. I'm, I've I'm had afraid. to stop yeah. listening
1: yeah. having to kids. this. Yeah, there's this particular podcast where there's there's two presenters and one of them is very snappy and I really like her. The other one is just get to the fucking point. And I've had to stop listening to it because it drives me too crazy.
3: Can I do, I just want to ask something about this about that and the impatience because I have that as well. And I I think that part of a huge part of your career is storytelling. I mean, it's all storytelling as a journalist and a broadcaster. And the thing is you have honed your craft so you know exactly how to tell a story and so I think when you hear other people like dragging it out unnecessarily it, it I understand how frustrating that must be.
0: Yeah and also I kind of think that all art and I don't think this about pod, just about podcasting or writing or anything all art is editing. It's just that's what it is. And so you know if you I understand that if you have an idea and it's hard to get to you know we all go, mm, uh, you know, kind of, you know, we've all got kind of um, verbal tics that drive ourselves mad. But in order in order to make things good, it is that, edit, edit it, just keep editing it down until it's kind of proper. Mm-hmm. And also, I think it's a little bit, um, it, it, it's a little bit impatience with that thing of telling you something that you kind of already know and that's, this is awful. I sound like such a cow. <laughs> no, you Go don't. for it. That's the point of what we do. What a horror. But it's a bit like that thing where I kind of think, yeah, I've got that. Like, you know, yeah. we've <laughs> all got that. Let's just move the conversation onto something a bit more interesting than that. Yeah, You know, we all know, I mean, you, you know, we can make sweeping statements about political situations or um, the state of the country, and we've but we've all got that. That's like the baseline. Mm, right. Let's move on from that. That's what I kind of. Th- that's what I think. We don't have much time. Well, actually, a lot of women don't have much time. And so let's just get past that and get straight to the nitty gritty. That's uh, what I think, really.
2: I mean, this this is a terrifying thing for you to bring up when we're, when we're doing a podcast with you. I'm literally <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> why, why can't we get over and done with this in five minutes, mum? What's wrong with you? Uh, but listen, coming to the macro then, macro stuff, what makes you angry? Give me your top five. Um. Okay. I Well, at the moment, what's making me angry on on a it? lot is... Um,
0: schools, not because this, not not the schools' fault actually, but how undermined they are and how badly treated they are being by the government. So, even for instance, even if the teachers do get a decent pay rise, which obviously they deserve, then the mm-hmm. money doesn't. I mean they haven't provided the money to pay for the pay rise. So what that means is that all the schools will then go even further into debt. Mm. So, so there's that, there's an absolute kind of, uh, I live obviously in fairly central London, there's complete exodus of eight children to do with um, uh, gentrification. Mm-hmm. So what happened, what has happened is that the rents and the and the mortgages and everything is so expensive in South London which is where I live that nobody can afford to live there anymore so what happens is they, they you know they start off you know it's a lively area so they think oh that's absolutely great and then they have kids and absolutely cannot afford to live there so they all live it's like the child catcher has been in around where I live <laughs> oh. the, the kids are just disappearing so who's, left? In who's its there now hmm. Very very rich people and people, this right. Yeah, That's I mean, it. I've left. I've got so, and the rich family. Yeah, I, yeah. Mm. I mean, of course. We're mm. like, why would you not? You know, mm. and the the very rich people send their kids to private schools, so all that there is no money going into the school because obviously every school gets money to do with you know how many kids they have, mm. and there's nobody kind of thinking about this properly. All they're doing is just und- undermining the schools because also I imagine you know for you if you're moving out of London. And there's loads of other people doing that to going to other places. And then there won't be enough places in the schools where you want your kids to go mm. because nobody's thought about it properly. Mm. And that drives me absolutely nuts. It makes me angry every day. But isn't that
3: what happens and great swathes of the of the community just, just end up having to migrate to somewhere else because it's just not yeah. affordable. And and then and cities die. I mean, I you know, I live in America and you go to It's happening loads, isn't it? Oh my there. God, mm-hmm. you go to Detroit and it's like mm. it's it's a, this was the wealthiest city in America and it's, it's a ghost town. There is nobody there, very few people and sort of homeless and, and, and a huge drug addiction and they're just burnt out. They just stop functioning. And there's also that with, I mean, there's some things that are quite interesting about it,
0: actually, when people do move out of cities. So say, you know, you know, if you had wanted to live in a city, the people generally, this is a massive generalisation, but, you know, people who generally live in cities tend to be interested in multiculturalism and knocking along with everybody. So they tend to be slightly more left wing. Mm-hmm. And then, and of course, they're all moving out into, in Britain, into the shires, which kind of makes me laugh. <laughs> they're all moving out there and voting in a different way. Yeah, but I've it might seen happen. it where I am. Yeah, where I am um that might right change things in in kind of general elections which will which will be kind of interesting but yes and anyways yes yeah, schools and mm-hmm. cities the the mismanagement and the kind of lack of care about that absolutely drives me mad and makes me really angry and it also makes me very angry generally how children have been treated you know post covid all the difficult you know I, did, I didn't particularly Object to lockdowns in the, in the beginning. I uh, you know I understood what was going on, why it happened, mm-hmm. and actually for my two kids, lockdown really suited one of them and really didn't suit the other. But um, it's more to do with the lingering uh, mental health crisis. Yeah. that that this is a, yeah in children,
1: mm-hmm. and there's absolutely nobody dealing with that either. No. I mean that it's just not spoken out. of really That's... in terms of in terms of really kind of what to do about it in an active way no one's picking up that baton well there isn't any money to no there's no spaces
0: as well if you Mm. like, say if you have a child that's very 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 seriously upset there's nowhere for them to go because all those places have been taken up and so then they get sent out to these mad places that like aren't even ofsted registered like a kind of farm in the middle of the nowhere that the the local authority think might work i mean things like that i just think this is appalling Mm. absolutely appalling it drives me
2: nuts yeah it's not a solution
1: (laughs) angry Mm
0: -hmm. yeah
2: Jen, as a psychotherapist, are you seeing this a lot in your practice?
1: I'm seeing horrific things, in all honesty. And I think there's CAMS is so overstretched I mean forget about it it's like a three year waiting list or something and you know on every level children are really really suffering I mean I kind of I'm really aware actually at the moment there's a whole um, swathe of girls I mean girls in private schools have always struggled you know in the ways that we know about but but it seems to have massively amplified and I don't know whether it's because they're in private schools therefore privileged therefore we just kind of leave them to it or whether it's because they're girls and it's just a bit you know seen as hysterical and not really worth bothering with but there's that going on as well it's just honestly in every sort of sector that you look in there are deep problems and yeah anyway that is a source of anger for me as well
2: Miranda in your in your book out of time um uh you 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 write about not getting mad, not what do you say? Don't get mad, get even, and um, you talk about basically deciding to join in to, th- to things, to speak up, to speak up wherever you can. So is that how you tend to express anger? We always ask people this: How do you express anger? Well, it used
0: to be. I mean, I think what happened around that was, I think as a journalist, I mean, I. Not all journalists are like this, but I think I was the kind of person that sat at the back and kind of chucked stuff at the front, going, boo, you rubbish, you know, but in <laughs> from the shadows. Do you know what I mean? Kind of yeah. throwing, throwing bread rolls, <laughs> going, boo, get <laughs> off. We're get <doing>, <laughs> terrible. And then I kind of thought, um, as I got into middle age, I thought, oh, you, you can't really do that anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you wanted to change, you've got to kind of step up. You've got to be the person on the stage who's having the bread roll thrown at you or or, or what? you know, or you, you know, I'm going to wave at your kid. Hello. <laughs> He's
2: in. I'm, working, so. I'm so sorry.
0: It's hmm. fine. It's, it happens, definitely. But that is what I kind of thought. I thought you just have to stop being you know, on the outside and try and make a difference on the inside. And there's not that much you can do. You know, I'm certainly not going to be a politician. I mean, forget that. So mm-hmm. I just did a few things. like I joined a few boards and I'm a chair of governors at a primary school, that kind of thing. And that's all you can do. That's kind of all you can do, really. I th- Well, I find. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go any further, I don't think.
3: One of the other things that that you talk about in Out of Time is that you love angry people and those that retain enough fire to question what they're told. And so, do you express? Are you able to easily express that anger rather than throwing oh, red rolls from the back? I mean, how do you? How does it? How does it translate? How do you deal hmm. with with it?
0: Well, it's interesting because I don't mind an argument, like uh, you know. Like, I don't, I certainly don't mind an intellectual argument. I'm not that frightened of arguing, really. And I don't know particularly why that. So I don't think we had a particularly argumentative household. We didn't have one of those. I always admire those ones where they say, oh, we all sat around the dinner table and argued about interesting things. We didn't really have doesn't that. doesn't
2: happen. Where does, <laughs> where does, where does, does that happen? I know. Yeah. yeah, debating. I've never actually seen it. No, no, no. No,
0: no. <laughs> no we didn't no, really no, do no. that. We didn't really do that at all. But for some reason, I'm not really frightened of people who say something that i don't agree with i just think that's so, well, a
2: happy you ever been did you change what, like when you, you went to oxford didn't yeah. you like pre, pre, were you i was unhappy that? there i was unhappy, unhappy. unhappy yeah very unhappy. so
0: what did you make of oxford so I went between eighty five and eighty eight. So I mean height is Thatcherism, and yeah. um, you know I'm a middle class kid. I have I am the daughter of yep. teachers. So I am yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah, and I kind of yeah. think uh, so. You know, solidly middle class. When I like when I was going out in Manchester, I was posh, and then I came yeah. there and I was like called like you know. I mean, I think to certain people, everyone up north. Is working class yeah (laughs) Yeah. and so I was kind of like put into a box that I found quite difficult Mm -hmm. and then I studied law which was such a bad idea what I know what an idiot yeah I I know what a complete idiot Mm -hmm. and um so as soon as I got there I just thought I can't I can't really do i mean i can do this degree because i didn't want to kind of let my parents down but yeah. i can't really be a lawyer because nobody is strong enough well i didn't feel like i was strong enough not to become like these people and they were wankers
1: mm-hmm. so I had that been st- the plan then did you think that's what you wanted to do
0: yeah yeah mm-hmm. i thought that's what i was going to do and then and then i just met them i thought i can't hang around with you like i can't
2: can't <laughs> It doesn't work. Like it really no. doesn't work. And, were um, you, did you get exposed to think like the whole drinking society meets to drinking societies all this because I acted all the way through Cambridge and that's what saved me. That's how I met interesting people who went who were doing the acting kind of stuff. Mm. But like, kind of society. running away
3: aren't those <laughs> just for the poshest of the
2: posh though, the drinking society yeah, but they're everywhere in, Well, they were you know in the 90s in cambridge that was cambridge. i always imagine
1: there's certain subjects as well like law that maybe have more of a sort of affiliation with it is that right or not right
0: but i just didn't know anything of it because i just thought they were all awful and so i didn't really hang around with them i remember one of them meeting them early on and they went to um a cash point and they called it the auto daddy Oh. that is that is oh. that's kind of
3: right writing that down <laughs> Going in a book. exactly write it down yeah. oh, miranda so how did you then because you then like fell into the coolest of coolest jobs ever working for smash hits how did that happen
0: so what happened was i really wasn't happy um in oxford and, and it just wasn't you know and I thought okay I don't want to be a lawyer everything's kind of gone a bit wrong I'll go traveling that was all as far as far as I got really I just thought I'll work in the summer earn some money and go go to South America and then I happened to see um it was in the days of the media guardian and it used to be really thick with kind of jobs and mm-hmm. I, I mean I never read it but I was going up to see my mum and dad on the train so I bought the guardian and in it there was uh piece of paper that said um they wanted a pop writer for Smash Hits and that was the only yeah. magazine i read like i knew it inside out i knew everything about yeah. it didn't read anything else yeah. and i just thought oh my god mm. that's my job and so i wrote to them i remember somebody had an amstrad it was such a big deal and i wrote it out and then <laughs> they typed it for me and i had
3: that amstrad i remember that amstrad <laughs> the glowing
0: yeah. green right yes
3: yes
1: <laughs> So and that's contemporary. Really, <laughs> and that's really yeah. wild.
0: And I wrote, um, um, I had no kind of qualifications. I hadn't really written or anything, but I wrote, I knew the style of the magazine, which was yes. very particular so well, that mm. I wrote a letter in the style of the magazine. And basically they, they didn't give me the job because obviously they gave the job to somebody who had had more experience, but they were enormous at the time. They needed to kind of train someone up. And I was so like a, I was like a reader, like in the form of a writer, if you sort of mean. And I just kept – it's funny with journalism. I think with anything, I always say this to people who want to be journalists, I just say, you know, turn up on time and do what they ask you to do. It's like any job. And I kept doing what they asked me to do, like handing it in to length, Mm. you know. I mean, I was – and there was also a thing which I feel very privileged about, and it doesn't – it's only happened to me about twice in my life, where I walked into the office and I thought, oh, right, I get it. Like, I completely get it. Like, even though I'm too shy at the moment to speak – like, I completely understand what this is. I understand the jokes. I understand the brilliant.
3: references.
0: Mm. I can see these people. I will get on with them. Yeah, it's a tribe. It. It's and your that home. Is like, yeah. Yes. And mm. that's so, I mean, it's unbelievable. Look, can that's you That's a privilege. In, yeah. Like, at mm. 21. That is brilliant. Like, I can't Can I just ask, though, about
1: feelings across those years? Because, you know, you were saying about the Oxford um, era and how difficult it was during that that time kind of over that age i don't know that we have the confidence to to feel angry about something, so we might feel uncomfortable, we might feel pushed out and um, marginalised, and, and not really understand fully why that's happening. And it's all a bit of a shock, and and but it's not. We wouldn't exactly describe it as anger, and I don't think we'd sort of leave that experience necessarily stroppy or feeling as if we had an axe to grind. But I'm wondering whether there was something of that, like a flavour of it brewing that gave you some fuel with which to uh, approach the smash hits stuff and really, you know, pour something into that that you weren't able to make use of when you were at Oxford?
0: Yeah, I mean, what I think you're completely right. And what it, I mean, when I was Oxford, I, I expressed, at Oxford, I expressed my anger in all the usual ways, which is I just got pissed all the time. I was resentful. I, you know, nearly failed. <laughs> <laughs> all that kind of yeah, stuff. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was, a bit, you know, just, you know, miserable and stroppy, I would mm. say. But what well, I mean, the one thing I would say about Oxford is it absolutely taught me everything I didn't like. Like, so, I mean, it sounds terrible because really I did meet some nice people there. But gen- generally, the whole vibe of it, all of it, I just really disliked. And so it kind of taught me what I hated. And that's a massive fuel. If you know what you hate, yes, it, yes. it kind of absolutely propels you towards what you love. Right. And I did, I did not like any of those people. They all went on to run the country. And I just, I mean, I knew even as I met them when I was there, I just thought you're a bunch of absolute twats and you're awful. Like, you're awful. And you only mix with the same people, you know, that you know already. You all knew each other before you even came to this place. You mm. you know, they have all these, fun, you know, little colleges in Oxford like they do in Cambridge, mm. and there's no middle bit. I thought there would be a union, no, <laughs> a, place, a place where you all go. And there isn't. There's just the Oxford Union, which is where you join, what you pay to join to be a politician. Like, there's no well, communal bit. It's just everybody in their own little miniature public schools that's it yeah but Bo- I mean,
2: also miranda weren't you i was so surprised that everyone knew each other they it all took me, knew like, each other whole, either from london or from the whole yep. but like it schools. took me my whole mm. degree to understand how people knew each other mm. i was so thrown by that for the, my entire yeah. degree mm.
0: yeah I, it's, it's completely just, through, it's absolutely completely tribal and, and you I don't think, understand that until no. you arrive in and that And all that
1: oak paneling they must have it must have been so familiar to them from But, from but honestly
0: literally Manchester yeah. Grammar School is built on the same it's built to to look exactly like Christchurch College in Oxford
2: is it oh, Yeah ah, okay but also um just class and assumptions as well mm. it took me a long took me the Three to four years to realize that I wasn't being an, I wasn't an imposter and I was deserving of that. I assumed I wouldn't do well in my degree and I did fine in my degree. I made lots of assumptions about who I, what I was capable of, whereas people who had been schooled differently didn't have that. Um, yeah, to, it's interesting. All... That didn't really worry me quite so much. I, I think didn't. I was okay. Good. I think
0: I was quite angry. Okay, fine. <laughs> I was just very happy all the How way through. You- so that
3: you know fueled me. Did Good. you ever have an opportunity after Oxford where you met, re-met one of those people who is now ruling the world mm-hmm. and, and actually had an opportunity to let it rip or say things that perhaps you wouldn't have said? As
0: no, a because person. I didn't know them. Do you know what I mean? I can't really, they weren't my crew. So I mm-hmm. never really knew them. You would just recognize the type and obviously then I discovered years and years later that people like David Cameron and George Osborne I think were there when I was there but I mean I, I never met them I would never yeah. move in those circles I just thought they were awful mm. so I no I did that 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 didn't really happen I Do mean and think- also I was lucky because I could go I had friends elsewhere so I could go back to Manchester which is pretty lively between 85 into 88 Mm. and you know the hacienda was changing then from kind of indie into rave and it was getting more and more interesting and then I had other friends in different cities in Nottingham and in Newcastle and places so I used to go and see them as well so I kind of felt like I had an outlet Mm. from where we were you know.
2: As a woman in the music world in that extraordinary period how did you always manage yourself or articulate yourself?
0: Uh so when I was at Smash Hits it was fine because there were a lot of other women in Smash Hits. Pop music is quite female friendly and then I would say Indian mm-hmm. rock is less female friendly and um in that time. And so pop music if you're writing about um uh Bros or um the Pet Shop Boys or Um, Kylie Beyond and the lovely Brother Beyond. Yeah, Um, they they were all, um, they were all, it's you're legitimized, you're kind of people expect you to be there somehow, um, as a young woman. And Mm. I never had a problem with that. I had a few kind of, um, um, maybe American acts who were a bit snobby about Smash Hits, but other than that, no problem. And then when you moved into the kind of indie world, which I did with Select and um, which was, uh, you know, wrote about kind of Britpop and other things like that. Then you did discover there were certain situations that you were in. You just think, oh, like you're literally the only, maybe the PR is a woman, and then there's you, and then there's the band and all the hangers-on and everybody mm-hmm. else like that. But it's basically a male environment. Mm-hmm. And some bands are fine, yeah. You know, some bands are absolutely fine, and you end up being friendly with them or they're nice to you. And some bands it's just horrible. I mean, you know, I, you know, in what
2: way horrible? Well, like, literally,
0: like I walked in, I remember ages ago, walking in, I had to go and do an interview with a band, and the manager just went, you know, I can't remember what I was writing, about. I said something, and he said, you can write my autobiography if you suck my knob while you're doing it. And I just oh, thought, that's wow. nice. Oh, God. Yeah. Mm. Mm.
2: So how did you conduct yourself like in my, what did you do? You, you do? I mean, it, everybody's different.
0: I would say mm. I uh, dissect myself. I mean, generally, mm. my my um I would say that my overall approach in those things is not to completely uh dissect myself, but I never thought okay, you know, it was as far as I was concerned, all pop stars were off like I would never shag any of them. Mm. Like that's it. It's just not mm. not a question. And um and so that kind of helps a little bit if you think like what rave did so what rave did really is kind of make everybody love each other and it was quite equal and you and you weren't it wasn't like a kind of environment i don't think um alternative discos were like this much anyway disco sounds so old-fashioned but yeah alternative nights weren't really like this but um but, uh, you know, it wasn't like a pickup joint, you know, like it wasn't like a nightclub where everybody was eyeing each other up. It was a nightclub, mm. you know, it was the idea was that you all went out and you all had a good time. It was about yeah. the group yeah. rather yes. than just it, speaking yeah. each other up. Mm. And I think slightly when you're involved in maybe um, an alternative music scene that's coming through, so you could say something like Britpop or something like that, then there's a kind of a feel around that as well, that everybody's just coming in a kind of crowd and and... And it's less, although obviously there's lots of people getting off with each other and everything like that, but it's less kind of sexually driven. It's mm. more like um, art driven, music yeah. driven. It's not really, Human that wasn't driven. what it was about. Yeah, mm. and, it, and also like if you think in that time, a lot of what was interesting about the fashion, do you remember that thing CK1? I mean, the interesting thing about oh, the fashion yeah. was it like yeah. like it was quite androgynous. Mm. You know, that yeah. was the deal you know, girls who were boys and boys who were girls, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and that
1: sort of Jean-Paul Gaultier
0: thing, that was all about that. Yeah, so it's a bit more around that rather than, Mm. you know, women being excessively feminine and men being excessively masculine. Kind of the indie side of things has always let everybody be a little, you know, men men be a little bit more feminine and women be a bit more masculine, and that's fine. Yeah, it's
1: more playful. Mm.
0: Yeah, and that makes it easier to negotiate if you're someone like me, I think.
2: Yeah, you know, the, I was just thinking about androgyny and that pe- that period because it was so racially linked, though, wasn't it? Because mm. if you were white, that's fine. If you weren't, that was a more difficult thing to navigate.
0: I yeah, I would say definitely. I... Yeah, because it wasn't really mm. inclusive at all. No, it was just It, it was, was it, just actually. white people, you yeah. know. So <laughs> yeah. if you talk to anyone like mm. Skin, you know, she had mm. a – it was difficult. Obviously, it was completely difficult for her. Mm. But mm. it's it, – yeah, it was not kind of – uh, racially aware I don't think it was all. not it was, very it was the ghettoized. myth that we were all
1: the same but yeah right mm-hmm. mm. and music was
0: very ghettoized then
1: yeah, you know really music.
0: really like in just in tiny little silos and they weren't nobody was allowed to kind of cross it so you know they might be on the same uh kind of uh, uh, uh the same uh what do you call it like the same list of bands on uh, uh At some kind of something like Lollapalooza, but not really. It was all kind of white people. Do you know what I mean? I thought it was
2: quite weaponized as well, actually. Coming back to the boyfriends who had the crush on you, like I do think it was quite kind of like intellectually exclusionary, actually, sometimes. Oh, well, you're, yeah, you're only allowed to fancy somebody if they're clever. I mean, please. (laughs) But also into certain, there's a lot of people that are not clever, but into (laughs) certain kinds of music and things. You know, I I, I felt that. I, I wasn't able to navigate that very well in my 20s. I felt.
0: Yeah. Your 20s are just a bin fire though, aren't they? Really. They really Unless are. you're really yeah. clever.
3: Oh, and desperate. it's tribal. It's so tribal. Mm. Your 20s. Um Miranda, can we ask what so we we've covered some of the things that make you angry. Can we ask at this point what are things that make you happy or that bring you peace?
0: Um what brings me peace? My dog. <laughs> My dog brings me peace. Walking the dog, that makes me happy. Um, and um, uh, I mean, it's all the obvious things. I think what's interesting as you get older. So when, I, when we were talking about the things that we've just been talking about, what it makes me feel is very adrenalized. And mm-hmm. I think that there was something about those times and something about my personality and something about the job of journalism that meant you were constantly adrenalized all the time, deadlines and mm. going out and stuff like that. And I can definitely survive like that. I quite like it. But what you find in middle ages, that doesn't really work. You need to have a kind of um, maintaining energy or you're yes. just... Mm-hmm. I mean you'd probably die
3: possibly <laughs> so you <a> word. Need... <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> you kind of need to be a little bit more stable and so because of that you have to do things like you know get up probably the same time every day walk the dog go outside do a bit of exercise all that kind of stuff and that has actually massively helped me so mm-hmm. that mostly I'm fairly all right i have to say i mean there's still times in the middle of the night when i wake up and just start ripping my life apart bit by bit you know it starts and we all do like, yeah i mean that's yeah. just like normal isn't it really yeah but, um but genuinely i also kind of took a decision a bit ago to make an active choice to try and just be happy i mean that's- it's quite it's quite how's I mean, that going
3: it's fine <laughs>
2: <laughs> i mean no, that's, know, lovely. I,
3: I, that's lovely you know, that's I lovely i think that's actually yeah. very true i think it is yeah. an active decision and i, yeah. I think it's so easy to pro that to live into whatever narrative we create about ourselves and if it's if it's confrontational or angry we will that is what we will live into and mm. actually it was abraham lincoln had that quote of most folks are about as happy as they decide to be and mm-hmm. I, mean, I remember when i was first diagnosed with all these autoimmune things and and for a while i was so sick and it was because all i was thinking about and talking about was being sick and and i suddenly realized that i didn't want to be seen that it, i started to feel very um i started to feel like a victim i felt very vulnerable and mm. suddenly weak which i didn't like and i changed the narrative and that actually I, I have been so much better and mm-hmm. I think it's true of everything in life life is where you look and I think in, at this in your 50s you do definitely become more accepting it just that those mm-hmm. the battles just aren't worth Well there's something really angry
1: about the victim position actually yeah. you know yeah, it's really stuck and angry um, but I'm thinking just I know we've got to let you go in a sec but just really quickly on that Fine. kind of not throwing the <laughs> You know me I like talking What is all fun <laughs> um, but you know the kind of bun-throwing idea that you're you're trying now to do something that's a bit more targeted and a bit more direct? And I wonder whether that fits nicely, actually, with this point about just deciding to be happy but sort of picking your battles and being able then to mm-hmm. sort of focus on them in a, in a more um, uh, productive way.
0: Yeah, it's more constructive. Yeah, I mean, I, what I find is that generally – I think, especially, I do think, as as you get older, it's really easy to be pissed off about everything because actually, there's quite a lot to be pissed off about. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you if you want to just look around the world and see how bad it is, and be aware of how bad it is, you really would be angry all the time, mm-hmm. Um or worse, you'd be grumpy. Grumpy's, I mean, I don't like grumpy. Grump, grumpy's not committed though, isn't it? Grumpy. No, like- grumpy's just. <laughs> dull and awful and I think that you know that it's a real tempting position to be as you get older
1: (laughs) it would be easy sit over here and
0: be grumpy about everything Mm. Um, and that doesn't really it just doesn't really do you any good and what I've kind of discovered is that a lot of things just make me laugh now like I look at people and they're they're really angry about something. And I don't want, I mean, I, you know, it's incredibly rude to laugh in their faces. I wouldn't, but like, you know, you, I kind of think, mate, <laughs> it's just like, really, it, what, what you're really angry about has got nothing to do with you. You know, that thing where people yeah. say, yeah, have you got a circle around you? You know, is this thing actually anything to do with this bit here, which is you inside your circle? No move on. (laughs) It's just fine. Move on, move on. And if you want to get political, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's quite Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. But and if you wanted to contribute also, but generally, you know, if somebody's just being a bit annoying in a shop or whatever, you know, all that kind of stuff, just don't. And if the news makes you upset, which of course it does, don't watch the news. Yeah. You know. I you know, it's a really basic thing, but say for instance, about um, you know, if you're a journalist, you get a lot of people under the line telling you that you're awful all the time and worse, that your oh, yeah. article's terrible so I just I literally don't read them anymore. I don't look like and people are always like, What how can you manage it? I'm like, it's really easy. I just don't look mm. like I don't go there. It never does me any good. Nothing. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you know, like and and doing this new podcast, right? And they had the thing where they've got people writing and saying if they like it or not. And I said, I know this sounds really arrogant and pathetic.
2: I only want to know if they like it. If they don't like it. Fair enough. I don't want to know. Just don't tell me. Also, Miranda, it's like is when as an actor that people always say don't listen to the reviews, be they good or be they bad. Don't don't listen to anything. You know, you you do you do it, you perform it, you say it, you do it as authentically and as truthfully and as well as you possibly can, and you may well not engage with it. And yeah. That's fine. Well it's that thing of that mm. not being your business. That's none of yes. your business, really. Yes, you know, just do yes. what you're yes, doing. true. Mm-hmm. Don't get into their the head, basically. Mm. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I do think that, you know, if you're at all involved in anything to do with Showing off. But then I think that, you know, the occasional good review will keep you going. So there's yeah, nothing okay, wrong with somebody okay, yes. says that's a nice mm. thing and you can write it down and just put it in the top corner of your computer. So when you're feeling rubbish, you can that's just look at idea. it and think, oh, well, that person thought I was all right. Maybe yeah. I can carry on. <laughs> it's okay, really. <laughs> but I mean, I genuinely think don't look too much at the people that mm. hate you because they'll probably hate everybody.
3: Yeah, you know, I, yeah. Because, that, and, the one-star you know, reviewers, they are, yeah, I, they're a type. I may, I may have said mm. this before in another episode, but I remember somebody saying to me a couple of years ago, don't ever take criticism from somebody from whom you wouldn't take advice. And you no. go below the line mm. and read the comments and you're thinking, "These are not pe- these, these are not people that I would ever go to for any <laughs> <Yes>. advice whatsoever. <laughs> Why do I care what they think? Good. You know, it's okay. also, it's a bit like that Twitter thing,
0: isn't it? Because like I used to love Twitter. It's obviously got absolutely awful now, but, but I used to love it. And then it went worse and worse and worse. And I just thought it's just like being in a pub. Like there's nothing wrong with it. like being in a pub or being at a party. There will be people that you really like, like, and then you'll mm. have a brilliant time. You don't even know them and you'll have a great time. You'll meet them on the dance floor. It'll be the best vibe ever. It'll be absolutely brilliant. And you'll leave the, and it'll be great. And then there'll be a load of twats over there. <laughs> You think I don't even want to go near you? I'm just not interested. Yes, you yeah. can shout all you like at me. Mm. I don't care. Mate. And, it's yeah, the, and in a pub, with...
1: you avoid it. You just don't go near them.
0: Yeah, you don't go near them. And also, if you the arguments don't arise because if they were that, you know, confrontational, they get. A and also, they in would the look mad. And,
2: but in you the know, in nobody person. is. Good.
0: Nobody is a yeah. confrontational as that in real life. No, and also you avoid, you you, I cross
2: the street when I see mad people approaching, <laughs> right? You know, I cross the street or I like, push my children. It's true. So why, just because they're on Twitter, would you start really mm. zoning into what they're saying? and picking? Oh, you, know
3: you can't engage. You can't, can't but as, engage.
2: But as a truly reformed people pleaser, it is very liberating to only listen to those that you really choose to listen to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have a feeling you never were a people pleaser, Miranda, but. Oh, I don't know about that. I think everybody's a people pleaser to a mm-hmm. certain extent. You'd have to be pretty tough not to try
0: and get people to yeah, <laughs> yeah, people get people to like
1: you. Yeah, this is <laughs> like, yeah, To go through life. Mm.
0: But um, I do think, I think partly because of journalism and knowing what journalism is a little bit. So knowing it's, just your opinion and somebody else will have a different opinion and Mm -hmm. all that you know understanding I kind of almost understanding how that works and understanding how the media works and just understanding that there will be loads of people there that that don't like you then Mm -hmm. I've kind of got over that quite quickly I mean I don't know why I feel quite lucky that I did Mm -hmm. and I still can get obviously I I want to be liked but I still uh, there's something in me that just thinks and you know i can credit my parents with this there's something in me that thinks you know what i'm all right really
3: mm. like
0: you know i've got right. people that and love you me are and i agree. love them yeah. and and you know that's okay and that's and, enough yeah. yeah what else <laughs> it should be yeah you know and i feel very lucky to to have that and that i mean i think that's absolutely because of my parents because they they do love me and they've all you know that's that's what they did they made me feel better. That's,
1: that's, that's
2: amazing. <laughs> that's good.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. That's
1: amazing. And not a lot of people have it. Let's be honest. No, no
0: exactly. That's why. Mm. That's what I mean by love. being incredibly privileged. It's mm. literally really mm. simple. You know that nobody is a perfect parent, but they. I know they love me, and they're still alive, and I still know. You know, my dad is has got dementia. Really, he's on his way, but I still know he loves me.
2: Oh, like he still nice. loves
0: me. So like I'm really lucky.
2: Yeah, you are. Mm.
1: And so are we, Miranda. Thank you so yeah. much for yeah, sharing yourself you. with it's us today. Such
0: a
2: treat. Yeah, it's thank been such you. a pleasure, Miranda. Can I do a plug? Of course. Yes, please. away. Yes. Come oh, on. Oh, great. Come okay. on.
0: I have got... and So I've been asked this, and I know you'll understand this, right? So I was... I've got a new job. I'm in my fifties. <laughs> wow! <is> <laughs> so somebody, yeah, I know. And so um, I got asked if I wanted to host this podcast, and it's called Paper Cuts, and it's about the papers. It's kind of like a funny take on the news, really? and it's going out on Monday wednesday and friday in a kind of mid-morning and what it is is we get the kind of news newspaper headlines the night before and then i write a script and we decide what we're going to talk about and it's all really quick and fast turnaround really exciting and then in the morning we bring you know we get even more details and loads of funny kind of stories and then we make the show and so and and it's over and done with we've we're recording
3: and and is this it is this it here? Paper card? That's it, yes. yes. Oh, i nice. following
2: you right now. <laughs> and who does it with you, Miranda? Or is, Sorry? is it who does it with you? Who are you? Oh, so it
0: out? changes. We have different yep. people. We
2: basically, the, the kind of
0: format is me and a journalist and a funny person. Brilliant. So that's, you know, so then oh, nice. you get kind of a bit of insight and lots of jokes. And um, yes, but anyway, I was very excited and I nearly didn't take the job because I thought, oh my God, I've got to be somewhere regularly. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to being freelance and just sitting in my pit. No,
2: that's great. Oh. Get out of your pits. That's wait, good. Wait, wait. Yes, did you say exciting. it's
0: every day? Is it daily? Three, no, months, three, it's, going, it's going...
3: Monday,
2: Wednesday, Friday, oh, wow. but it might, yes, that's it might a, go every
3: day. That's quite a commitment. Well Whoa, done. Well that done. Is, that's yeah. a really yeah. great job.
2: And where, and all the usual places. Spotify, yeah, 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 Apple. Yeah. Yeah. Spotify, Apple. Yeah. yeah. We'll be Perfect. tuning in. Yeah. We will be tuning in. That's brilliant. Yeah. Well done, Miranda. That's great. <laughs> well done. Brilliant. It's so nice Soya. to meet you all. It's, it's so, so nice to meet you. Yes. <laughs>
0: Really nice. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for having oh, me. So we, thank, thank you. Thank you
2: for coming. I'm, I'm, I'm off to tell my ex boyfriends. I want to look them up,
0: basically. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell them I'm really chat, horrible. <laughs> really yeah. horrible. I'm yeah. really grumpy. Yeah, really <laughs> grumpy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Gnarly and <wizard>. not <laughs> <laughs> Gnarly. That's such a good word. Um, all right, Miranda. Lots of love. Yeah. Bye. Love you. Bye. See you later. Mm-hmm. Bye. bye.